Hello out there in the realms of the living. Welcome to Thrones of Game, the only Game of Thrones podcast where we watch the show backwards. If you've never heard the show before, let me just quickly explain there. Friend, my name is BT Calloway. I've already watched the entire show. Joining me is my buddy Elliot J. O'Neill, who is watching the show for the first time ever in reverse order. Elliot, how are you? I'm good this evening. Excellent. And we just watched Season 5, Episode 9, The Dance of Dragons. And boy, was there dragons and not too much dancing. <laughs> it's a metaphor. Mm-hmm. So, Elliot, what just happened? Whole lot of shanking. Whole lot of shanking going on. And a little bit of shocking. A little bit of sh- shucking and shanking. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yes, uh, so for everyone out there, this is the one where, you know, uh, Daenerys is in the fighting pits and uh, her dragon Drogo comes back, and also where they uh, burn Stannis Baratheon's daughter. Sorry, the dragon's name is Drogo? Yeah, she named it after Khal Drogo. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's the one at the end of the final season that wrecks up the city and shit. And mm. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, um, that's what happens in the main one of this episode, so we'll get straight into our questionnaire. Uh, what is your MVP, Elliot? Your most valuable part. Oh, um, oh, hey. Mm. Come back to me. Do you have one? I got a couple, because I feel like this is some time to show a bit of love for some of the smaller characters. Um, I do really like, the, the, I don't know the Dornish lady's name. I always forget. She's pretty damn good. Okay. She's got some very intimidating dialogue that I don't feel quite gets the credit, because uh, Dawn is kind of a boring place most of the time. Oh, sorry, the Zan- Sand Vipers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, the lady in kind of the turquoise dress with the massive shoulder pads, who's all like death stares and mm. backhanded words and stuff. Yeah, pretty cool. Not quite as not not as good as Sass Queen. No, that's well, she's not taking the Sass Queen throne, but she's up there. <laughs> she's more like a that sort of Sass. Yeah, that, that's just not not this kind of this. It's the slap in the face, slap in the face Sass. It's not the burns you all the way home Sass. Mm. We're like stewing in it, and then later on the show, we're like. That's what I should have said. <laughs> oh, how does she do that so quickly? No, mm-hmm. she's not up to uh, Sass Queen level. Um, let's see. Uh, also, we, this is where we meet Beardy Face, who died in the previous episode. Um, credit where it's due. He plays creepy really well. Ah, uh, Eyeless. Yeah, who will eventually be Eyeless. Beardy yeah. McBeard Face stabbed in the eyes in the next episode. Yeah, that was uh oh boy, harrowing scene. Yeah, yeah. But now you know a bit more about him, how he's a creepy pedo weirdo. But mm. again, he plays creepy pedo weirdo super good. Yeah, because the only context I had from the last one was that uh, he's whipping young girls. Maybe, you know, they uh, talked in out of turn in Maybe class. he's an overly, you know, d- disciplinarian school mom. Yeah, exactly. There's room for, like, you know, naivete there. Mm. Not here, where he's being shown a sequence of uh, prostitutes and going, too old. Mm. It's like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then especially right at the end where he takes the young girl off and says, you'll have a fresh one for me tomorrow. You're like, oh, dude, that's mm, cunt. Yeah. Subtextually gross. Yeah. Why did he have the other two soldiers in the room with him? Is this a power thing? I don't know. I, yeah, me either, man. Maybe he was just going first on picks, you know, mm. like schoolyard pick him. And he was going first. And he was all too old. Yeah. I guess. Ah, Clearly from the context of the scene, uh, they knew this was wrong. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, pretty much whatever. But again, credit where it's due. Plays creepy super good. So well done, you actor, for creeping me right the fuck out. I hope you can still get work after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I imagine so. I wouldn't recognize his face with his eyes in him. So, mm, yeah, true. <laughs> you know. uh, but no, what I think I'm going to give to my MVP is going to be Sir Davos and Shireen in their heartwarming scene where he's all... They're talking about reading and how she taught him to read and all those kind of things. And me knowing how what happens in the episode is like, <laughs> everything nice must die a horrible death. Yeah, well, this was a really nice moment for me 
and I'm like thinking in this moment, oh, so she's going to be one where this uh, her callous face disease consumes mm. her. And then he gives her the buck, and I'm like, fucking hell. Yeah, you know, that, I mean, if you remember that buck where he finds it in the Snowwall Charter, where to remember shit, no sitting man. Yep, doesn't happen often. But when I do, a kid dies. <laughs> That's why you try your best to not remember anything. <laughs> Save the children. Yeah. So this is the first time I've seen Red Queen be just a fucking cruel yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, she uses a bit of blood magic throughout the series. It's never... I don't think she sacrifices anyone else before. But, you know, they're all like, we're in the middle of the winter and we're freezing. We've got to knuckle down or make it go back to Castle Black. And Stannis Baratheon's all, we're not going back to Castle Black. Mm. And uh, said, Elvis is like, well, if we can't go forward and we're not going back, what are we going to do? And he gives this long look to his family. He's like, hmm, plans. Yeah. Yeah. And then said, Elvis kind of gets a hint of that because he's like, oh, you know, let me take Serene with me because that yeah, battlefield's no place for a young girl. No, that thing. And then he's like, but then, of course, when Stannis Baratheon's attack fails and he just kind of assumes that uh, Shireen and her mother were maybe just killed in the fray, he doesn't really know until he finds that uh, burnt up stag. And he's like, uh. Mm. And that's why his wife was hanging in the next episode. Oh. Couldn't live with the horrible things she'd done. Yeah, it was Stannis's wife. She didn't get killed. She, no. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so that's why I hadn't couldn't backshadow spoiler because you were like, oh, I'm going to see her get hung. You're like, nah. <laughs> okay, that part I forgot. Mm. Nope, nope, that's fine. Which is funny because that was last episode and mm. the, the burnt stag was... Like last season, maybe the one before it, I can't remember. Yeah, well, I mean, that scene was like really impactful and mm. like it's the reason he sent her off. And I've always sort of seen her as a bit of a like non-important character that's just always prominently hanging around. Yeah, the Red Woman does just keep popping up every now and then. And then everyone makes a big deal when she shows up, but she's not always a big deal. It's a bit weird. Yeah. And then, yeah, with the Jon Snow thing, it's just like, oh, you're not confident in magic now. You're certainly confident here when you're fucking burning a girl. Well, this is why she wasn't confident. She burnt a girl and everything, and they still lost. And she was like, maybe I just suck. Yeah. Maybe the Lord of Light has abandoned me. Oh, I'm going to look off forlornly in the distance. Stupid Millhouse. Yeah, damn it, Millhouse. Yeah. Oh, and just a bit of continuation from last episode. Yes, I agree with you. The dress did look a little bit blue in this one. Okay, so I'm not completely colorblind. Y- yeah, just doing a little bit of a fashion corner, mm-hmm. wink. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it, it, I think it was like, okay, it might have been blue. I think it was actually like a really black dress with like tiny bits of red trimming. And like there was just a bit of like light reflection because, yeah, all these scenes are very gray and blue mm-hmm. and washed out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, might have been blue. Yeah, been... they might be filming it with, like, a blue uh, filter over it or something. So, yeah. Um, they it, do that sometimes. It certainly does look like the movie Ransom at moments. Hmm. That's a weird pull. It is. <laughs> <laughs> a movie that got fucked up in color grading, but they ran with it. You just got to do that sometimes. Anyway, moving on to our next question. Nudity? Um, no, almost. Yeah, almost. We go through an entire brothel. And there's not one bit of nudity. Yeah. I just realized, yeah, I'm not going to pick an MVP for this one. Everything was sort of equally fine. Yeah. Okay. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So we get a bit of our famous, you know, uh, Game of Thrones almost sex position where they give exposition while showing a bunch of nudity, but it's just a bunch of very uh, uh, completely adequately clothed women uh, just sitting on people's laps. Yeah. Like even Instagram wouldn't ban this. So, Yeah. There's a great comedian who put out one of the most amazing tweets of all time. You know the the handshake uh, meme, which is like, you know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger and... Ah, um, uh, yeah, 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 from Predator. Yeah, yeah. Um, Carl Weathers, right? Yeah. 
Okay. On one side, it's um, <laughs> ogres, and on the other side, it's strippers, and in the middle, it's grinding men's bones to make their bread. <laughs> oh, zing. Yeah, Kathy Hume's amazing comedian and Twitter follow. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Because uh, I've always liked the one that says, like, uh, Marge Simpson and guys from the hood and calling people homie. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yes. But no, that's way better. Grinding men's <laughs> bones to make their bread. Boom. <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway, that's what I thought in that moment. <laughs> yeah, no, fair. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's it for nudity. There's nothing really else here. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, this was a scene. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's not much to pull from it. We get a bit of Arya or Assassin's Creeding around. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, it does make me, again, retroactively more disappointed in her arc coming up because, yeah, this is exactly the nervously n- not following well getting spotted and yep. uh only just sort of scraping by i mean those assassin creed follow missions suck yes so nobody <laughs> likes those <laughs> and she doesn't have the luxury of ducking into mm. a bale of hay <laughs> yeah but i mean there's the bit where she's like hesitant to give poison to this dude and you know oh am i ready to take a life and then she sees beardy mcbeard faces like oh i'm ready just yeah. that life which then makes you wonder did he get shanked by like an oyster shucking knife because Somehow that sounds like it would hurt even more. Oh. Like, kind of like that dull force right in the eye. Well, not only that, because I imagine, you know, these people, you know, they didn't live in a disposable society. They probably used their tools until they were worn down to a nub. So this probably had, like, cracks and divots from, like, because chucking oysters, you know, that's not a soft material to... Still a little bit salty from all the brine. Just just to add literal salt to the wound. (laughs) Yeah, it smelled a little. Ah, this is like, the last thing I'll ever smell is oysters. I don't like oysters. Also, I'm blind. I've been stabbed a bunch. (laughs) And so, yeah, while we didn't uh, also get any cock talk in this episode, nope. Arya provided us with some cockle talk. Ah, yes. Oysters, must whatever, and cockles. Uh, oysters, clams, and cockles. Ah, that's right. The fuck's a cockle, anyway? I forgot I to look know, that I assume up. it's that same family. Yeah. Shells and little shit in it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I know the term cockle shells from, uh, you know, uh, Mary Mary Quite Contrary, but that's a different thing. Hmm. <laughs> An, er- an edible burrowing bil- bi- bivalve mollusk okay. with a strong ribbed shell. Oh, yeah, yeah. I kind of recognize that shell. Yeah. Okay. They're tiny. Yep, 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 yep. And now you know. <laughs> and learning is half the battle. The other half is the battle. Yay, <laughs> violence. Violence. The shanking part of the. Uh, and there's a whole lot of shanking going on. Uh, yeah, so, marine fighting pits, this is where we start this, you know, plot line. So, obviously, there's immediately some fighting, mm. and, uh, Sir, you know, suave dude is all like, oh, when I was in the fighting pits, I'd always be happy going up against a big, muscular dude, because I know I'd win. Mm-hmm. This, that small man will definitely win, then, pink, his head comes off, like, oh, he didn't win. I'm going to slink away quietly. <laughs> yeah, good good one, braggity Andy. Yeah, dumbass. <laughs> yeah, after doing his little knife tricks and it's like, yeah, I'm the Harlem go- Globetrotter of stabbing people. Yeah, although that was uh, his knife that has the nude lady on it. It's like, ah, continuity. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, so, uh, right, because this is the guy that uh, hangs out with uh, Future Callous Bod. Yeah, Future Callous Bod, Sir uh, Jura Mormon. Yeah, it's funny in these moments, like especially because they—I don't think they really gave this character much impact in all the other episodes that I've watched. And here, like, there's clearly some story that's happened before it because him mm-hmm. and D- uh, Dan Brady, like, locking eyes, was clearly uh, an important moment. Pretty high, hardcore eyeball fucking right there, where they're just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that's yeah. I mean, again, and props to the show for like 
putting in those little bits and pieces. Because, mm. you know, she's sitting next to this guy and he's all like, you know, uh, oh, these men are dying for a reason and do your soldiers not die for your reasons? Are your reasons better than their reasons? He's like, oh, wow, you sure do talk a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah, Danny and this guy lock eyes. And like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they definitely undressed each other with their eyes, engaged in foreplay. Ah, um, un- undressed? She's looking for her stockings and wondering where her car's parked, you know. <laughs> it's it's done by that point. Uh, yeah. So, uh, then, in amongst all the gladiator fight shanking, uh, Jorah Mon shows up in gear and does some other gladiator shanking. Yeah. And then all the Sons of the Harpy show up and stab everybody. Ah, oh, so that's who the masked fucking assassins were. Yep. yep. Had I seen them? Uh, briefly. They are in, like, the Siege of Dawn, but because it's so chaotic, you kind of don't really see much of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not really. Because so this was a fucking thing. I'm like, who are these fucking masked weirdos? <laughs> like, had I seen them before? What's the... T- oh, they're all probably going to die. Oh, that's right. The dragon was all tired from killing... Li- okay, yeah. Yep, here yeah, we go. Yeah. Elliot's caught up now. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a uh, dragon ex machina when they're surrounded. I and- had that exact <laughs> fucking note. Hey, high five across the room. <laughs> Slap. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, it's pretty much right there, because, you know, Dan Brady's surrounded, and all the Unsullied are protecting her, and Jorah Mon's protecting her, and they're all just slowly, their defense is getting whittled down by the Sons of the Harpy. And she just, you know, takes Miss Sunday's hand and you know, closes her eyes, and is like, yeah. I'm ready to die, apparently. And then, Dragon. I found this moment very disappointing, because, like... Of course, watching it in reverse order, I get a lot of the tension taken out, Mm -hmm. and especially in a show like Game of Thrones where, you know, uh, the joke is everybody dies. Um, You know, a lot of that is sort of removed for me. Mm -hmm. But in this moment, I thought it was genuinely tense, and I thought that they rode the tension well of, yeah, these people coming in and just shanking everyone indiscriminately on their way to uh, get to Daenerys, and then that moment where they head for the other exit, and then there's just fucking more foot soldiers yeah and i'm like this is genuinely tense mm-hmm. and then i saw her close the eyes and i'm like oh fuck that oh yeah they're not gonna kill her off like that if they were they weren't gonna do that well no but i just uh i don't know i thought the dragon was such a cop-out exit to that oh yeah that's that's why we both had the same note about <laughs> x marketing her way out of there all right cool well i'm glad i'm not the only one because i was kind of hoping like I don't know, rewriting it, that maybe Dinklage and Joram would, you know, do some cool shit in this moment. Mm-hmm. Like, and, yeah. uh, and then and Dinklage gets a shank. but uh, He gets one shank. Yeah. <laughs> but that's about it. Like, he, by his own confession, he's not a warrior. He just fought some and lived. Yeah. But especially with the conversation before about little versus big, I thought it yeah, would have been yeah. a nice little payoff to have. Could have cut some Achilles tendons. Yeah. You know. But especially because, yeah, it's not only like, smaller people going up against bigger people a small amount of people going up against hmm. a bigger army yeah i don't yeah. know i just thought the dragon undercut some of that uh well that's kind of the thing with dragons they override any ruling principle like for a second <laughs> during this whole fight i'm like all these guys are clumped together the dragon's just gonna breathe on them I'm like well of course they would because they've never fought a dragon before and they don't know what they don't know they should spread out yeah yeah like, you know i, I appreciate this i can't remember what it is some article somewhere that talked about kind of the reality of a great game of thrones universe where technology would kind of stop in the face of having mythical creatures like dragons around because there's no point in trying to fight them if you can't win yeah and so no you know things kind of stop so the fact that no one's fought a dragon military tactics would be shit against them as mm. we see later on where they nuke a bunch of stuff <laughs> but yeah and also uh undercutting uh episodes that i've already seen before mm-hmm. yeah it's amazing this dragon can take like fucking 15 spears whereas that other one 
uh, was brought down by a single spear. That was a very large uh, harpoon-like thing lobbed out of an enormous crossbow that had, like, double cross. So, to be fair, that's very different from, you know, having it thrown by some dude in a stupid Halloween mask. <laughs> that That is fair enough. And yep. that was a very stupid mask. I mean, I kind of like it. I kind of <laughs> want one. <laughs> They're neat. Next Halloween? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> and also with the spear as well. Aren't you meant to leave it in? I mean, again, dragon feels ideology. Usually, yeah. yeah, you want to leave things jammed in your body in until you can get proper medical treatment. Mm. But first of all, dragons don't have proper medical treatment. Who knows how to treat a dragon? No one. <laughs> and you get a nice sheep and maybe wrap it in a bow and treat it. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like, yeah, the vet logo in a Game of Thrones universe. <laughs> like, uh, on Earth, it's usually like a dog that has like a little cat and mm. then like, I don't know, maybe a rabbit or something. And they're all being eaten by a dragon in the Westeros Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's not many pets in here. It's just wolves and dragons. It's true, come to think of it. I mean, yeah, wolves and dragons are nice, but surely some people are just going to have a normal as fuck cat. Yeah. <laughs> Why does that never come up? Mm. Like, hey, this is my weasel. It's just a weasel. It's not that exotic <laughs> in this place. Yeah. Anyway, so I do have some uh, music notes in the sense that I kept thinking of song titles. So we start <laughs> off and uh, Stannis' camp gets sabotaged and a bunch of things get in- set on fire. And I was like, this horse is on fire. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this was just a stealth attack. Yeah. So okay. uh, implication, it doesn't quite say it, which is weird, that uh, Ramsay sent out maybe 20 men to sabotage their camp, yeah. which they did quite effectively. And mm. now you can kind of see between that and the child burning while so many of his men pissed off the next morning. Yeah. So, yeah, fair. Yeah. So this is where I sort of get confused. Um, so Jon Snow wasn't part of this army. No, not of Stannis Baratheon's army. He was at Castle Black. All right. So how does Jon and Davos eventually get friends? Alright, so at the end of this episode, midway in this episode, before he burns his daughter, Stannis is all like, So Davos, I want you to ride to Castle Black and get you know, Jon Snow to send us supplies, and for that I'll give him all the men he wants when I'm king. And he, mm. So Davos is like, um, how about, no? He's like, nope, you do to do it, get to do it. Fine. So he goes to Castle Black, and they both find out from when uh, Melisandre shows up that uh, Stannis's attack has failed and everyone's dead. And so then from that point, I guess Sir Davos and Jon just start broing out. Okay. Yeah, they might hang out earlier than this, I can't remember. But um, that's what happens from this point on, or backwards, depending on how you want to think about it. Yep. All right, and uh, yeah, more Elliot's Got Questions. Maybe yep. this is a new segment. Elliot's Got Questions. Uh, what happened to Lord Stash Twirl? Lord Tyrell. Lord Tyrell, I think. So he's, I actually kind of like this bit because it almost feels like it's from another series as well. Oh, yeah. This guy who looks a little bit like, and I was hoping I could think of the name by the time I got to the end of that sentence, but I didn't. <laughs> it's like a Game of Thrones Monopoly man. Yeah, yeah. But it, oh, God damn, what is his name? Uh, Terry Gilliam movie. It's like fantasy. Lord Munchausen. Baron Munchausen. All right. Looks a bit like that guy, or at least my memory of that guy. So he rocks up in Bravos, and he's being visited by the guy who played Mycroft Holmes, who is, to me, forever Mycroft Holmes. And uh, yeah, I do like that he cuts between, like, he says, oh, I will treat you with a song. And the guy's like, oh, no, it's no bother. It's like, no, it's just a, <laughs> it's a gift I have. And he starts singing. And I like he finishes the first phrase. And then, uh, yep, that's the guy. Yep. Uh, and then Mycroft goes to clap, and the guy starts singing, and he's like, <sighs> <laughs> Counterbalanced by later on Lord, Lord Beardy Face McStabbed Head yep. uh, And his men are walking around It's like Oh he wouldn't shut up singing And the guy goes I thought it was nice <laughs> like, 
Well done you, one guy who's like, hey, I like a bit of music every now and then. Yeah, not just going with the uh, the crowd on that one. And Anyway, Baron von Munchausen Tyrell, I'm pretty sure he blows up in the sept with uh, Marjorie Tyrell and a bunch of other people. Right. Pretty sure he's there. All right. Because, yeah, this might be a reoccurring segment. Because, yeah, because no. some people I'm like... Wait, what did happen to them in the end? Yeah, no, fair enough. I'm, kind of, I'm curious about some of them as well. That's what's fun for me in the rewatch is, oh, right. Because, yeah. yeah, Jorah, I'm like, I'm like, wow, if he was like this important at this point in the story, why didn't he make an impact to me later on? He just sort of seemed to be another one of the solid. Like, I kept getting him confused with Eyepatch. Yeah, for, I mean, that's just one of the many, many problems with the long night and just yeah. sucking, sucking so much. <laughs> Stupid long night ruining everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so then I had John comes back to Castle Black, so back in, back in Castle Black. That's back pretty good. Back in Black. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, not proud of these, but they exist. And uh, when Shireen's on fire, I wrote down, Shireen, don't like it. <laughs> yeah. But, and then I tried to figure out what rock the, rock the Casbah meant to begin with. Hmm. I don't know. What is a Casbah? I don't know. And what doesn't Sharif like? The fact that the Casbah is getting rocked? I don't know. <laughs> Explain yourself, The Clash. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Jon Snow. Yeah, he looks pretty beat up in this one as well. This yeah. <laughs> poor Kit can't catch a break. Yeah, yeah, man. He just rides up to Castle Black in the wall with all the wildlings, and there's this tense moment of are they going to let us in? Yeah. And they do, but then Ollie gives him stern face, and he's like, oh no, I've let down Ollie. Oh, how did I do that? <laughs> Man, yo, little fucking ass face. Yeah, little fucking ass face. Yeah, this is yeah, this is what I'm gonna call him because he just seriously looks for like ass face from preacher. A little bit. He, I mean, there's a reasonable chance he grew up to be ass face from preacher. <laughs> I'm not entirely certain, but we can connect those dots and make it happen. Problem is, I haven't seen nor probably will I watch preacher. <laughs> I got, to... I got, I've tried. I got about a half season through, and I'm like, I'm having fun, but not enough. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just didn't feel the pull. Yeah, and fair. I don't think um, anyone else did really either because it's about to get cancelled. Yeah, but like after four seasons or something, that's, that's a reasonable it, number of seasons. Yeah, like it was only able to last this long because it had like Seth Rogen money behind it. Mm-hmm. That's some good money. Mm. And yeah, we get a little bit of Sweetums in this moment who I theorize is only there when the budget allows it. Wait, Sweetums? The incredibly huge giant. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Named after the <laughs> yeah, incredibly yeah. huge giant from the Muppets. I remember now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's there. His effects look great. I'm, I'm always happy with Sweetums. He looks good. Actually, Daenerys flying around on the dragon looks shit. But Yeah, and no, I did write down how to train your dragon flight experience now available at Universal Studios Essos. Because <laughs> it looks very green screeny. Yeah, they like clearly blew the budget on the Colosseum scenes and having mm. Sweetums in. Yeah. I also feel like there's just some, some things that just never look cool. Mm. And I think that, you know, people riding dragons always look a little fake, no matter what. I don't know why. It just does. Yeah. Well, because I guess you've got to just get, like, a close-up of the person, and you're never going to, like, get the true sense of the wind going through their hair properly. Yeah, it, I don't think you'll ever be able to suspend the disbelief of, like, that's a fan, and they're on, like, a latex model in a studio. And, yeah, the dragon somehow got uh, spikes all over it, but there's a nice pl- place where you can, like, rest your crotch or and you straddle just, it. Or you just, like, endure being stabbed in the belly when you're lying on a dragon. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I guess I'm going to presume any discomfort is worth it to get, a ride, get to ride a goddamn dragon. <laughs> but no, fair point. 
Yeah, but I mean, I think I've seen the dragons definitely look worse. I thought the dragon looked okay in this, but yeah, once it started moving and riding around, it just yeah. looked a bit myth. Yeah, generally speaking, I think the dragons look pretty good, at least yeah. when they're on the ground, they put a lot of more effort. I mean, it's easier to put something not in motion or in walking motion than in flight, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah, well, just uh, when it's all moving a bit slower, I guess. Yeah. Um, my next note is Dawn. It looks comfy. So that's like the uh, other continent where uh, Jamie Lannister is. Oh, and everyone's right, kind of right. lining around on couches. And it's like, this, this looks comfortable. Oh, and in that moment uh, when she goes, oh, this is why you can't stand. I thought this was an erection joke. Because no. I, I, I thought they were like husband and wife. Nah. <laughs> and then later on when he clearly says that uh, you're the uh, auntie to my... Uh, no, what is the, it? The, the... Mother to my nieces. Yeah. And then later on when he is... Clearly in a wheelchair. I'm yep. like, okay, everything makes sense now. Yeah, that's. I mean, to be fair, that's a pretty bad insult. It's like, oh, this is why you can't stand. You have no spine. It's like, it's a condition you can't. Mm. Yeah. And she wasted the wine. Yeah, oh. that's why she's not sass queen. Mm. You know, she's like sass duchess maybe, but that's about as good as it gets. Like yeah. barely in the nobility. You're the Meghan Markle of sass. <laughs> she. Uh. Yeah. She's. Nah. Yeah, <laughs> she wasted wine. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, contrary to that, the Dornish king, whatever his name is, kind of a badass in this one. Mm. He's got very—he's like very forcefully diplomatic, and we know that doesn't work out for him. But you know, he tries very hard to keep peace, and good for him. So is he the one that gets like massively stabbed in the last oh, episode? Yeah. yeah, he gets stabbed a whole bunch, and his son gets speared in the back of the head, and, and the guard doesn't even flinch. And none of the guards are like, "This isn't this isn't our problem." Yeah. What do okay. you want? I can't d- guard a dead man. Yeah. That's pointless. God. <laughs> yeah. Guards. Weird, weird life. <laughs> um, and my only other note is the other note of violence in this episode. Oh, mm. and the decapitation. That was a pretty fucking cool bit of violence. Oh, the slaps. Yep. The slaps in the prison. <laughs> yeah, where the sand vipers are just playing a hand- game of slap hands. And... Please tell me I get to see more of these two girls. You do. You do. Because this is a shame I haven't seen more of them because they are fun. Yeah, they are a lot of fun. This is, again, it's that mix of, because they all die when, uh, you know, the Greyjoys attack their fleet. It's that nice misdirect of them really just getting killed before they can do anything amazing. And that was a really big surprise. One of the few biggest surprises in the latter seasons. But also, you never got to see them do anything cool. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of build up behind them, but you definitely see more of them. So don't worry about that. That is around the corner. Cool. I'm into uh, it. Bit more flirtation between brawn and bad pussy. So, <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. A uh, bit more of that. You'll get to find out the background behind that and some other stuff. Uh, yeah. I keep meaning to look up his name. Bron of the Blackwater. But if he's Bron, is he Bron or Brawn? Because there's Bran and... I think it's Bron. must be Bron. <laughs> there's Bron and Bran. All the similar names. And then there's Dan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Just take a name and then replace one vowel and you've got a fantasy name, apparently. <laughs> Before Arya becomes a murderer, she does have her hair up in braids. So, ah. uh, once again, proving the fact that bowl cuts are evil. <laughs> or bob cuts. Bowl cuts, bob cuts, whatever. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> a girl doesn't braid her hair. <laughs> no, a girl just stabs people with an oyster knife. <laughs> stabby, stabby. A girl shapes her hair around her oyster basket. Ooh, actually, that's probably true. <laughs> 
A, g- a girl smells like shellfish. Yeah. Uh, and another part, okay, maybe I do want to give MVP to the the harrowing, um, you know, burning alive scene. Just because it's really well shot. It's really traumatic. Whoever that young girl is playing, Sari does an incredibly good job. Uh, the screaming is very effective. It's a hard watch, man. <laughs> I know. And one of those really effective ones where not watching it is more effective. It's just the audio. I have a theory that audio is scarier because... The way you call for help or the way you attract attention to get help in real life is by yelling. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, there's no visual help me sign, but there is a visual, there is an audio cue for help me. So my theory is things are scarier when you can hear them. That's interesting because, yeah, there is something like uh, in a baby's cry mm. that like triggers something emotionally in us because of years yeah. of evolution and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, um, yeah, you could have that same effect by just looking at a baby cry without on mute. Maybe. I, I, I presume so. I think audio is a big part of our life that we don't entirely consider, and that's why I really like good audio design in shows. Mm. Um, but yeah, not and on, on podcasts. And on podcasts. <laughs> like listening to the theme songs backwards and going, that's dope. <laughs> uh, but no, what I also like about this is uh, the mother who's like standing by Stannis's side and she knows what's going on and she's all like, you know, this is what the Lord wants. It's a good thing. We need, she needs to die, make this sacrifice so we can make it through the winter. And then, like, she's trying to convince herself of all the things she's been told. And then just eventually breaks and just goes running. But by then it's too late. Yeah, really harrowing scene. Really nicely done. Uh, yeah, super good. Liked it a lot. Mm. But th- there's this really ugly guy with a giant nose in it that it's like, you're pulling way too focus. Are you a person of note that, like, mastered on Dora Ed Sheeran's your way onto oh. the show? Uh, not that I noticed, but uh, yeah. anyway, I, I miss things. Uh, okay, my last few notes are when they're in the door, when they're in the fighting pits, and they're all like, "They're waiting for you to clap your hands." She's like, "Clap my hands, but there's no rhythm. <laughs> Where's the beat?" No. <laughs> um, but then I do like later on when Jorah Mamon pops up, and she knows she has to clap her hands to start the fight, but doesn't want to. Yeah, that's kind of a nice moment, and then she does anyway. Mm. And I really super love Tyrion's quote here, which is like, he says, it's easy to confuse what ought to be with what is, especially if what is, is benefiting you. Yeah. I think that's a very helpful thing for pretty much anyone in a position of power of any kind or keep in mind, just because it is the way it is now doesn't mean that's the right way. And just because you're benefiting from it doesn't make it right either. Mm. Yes. So after that heavy lesson, I've got no follow-ups. (laughs) <laughs> Penis. I'll just say the word. Cockles. Cockles. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I think that is all my notes. How about you? Yeah, done. Been done. Okay. Well, if you're all out of notes and I'm all out of notes, we must ask our final question: How did we get here? All right. So Jon Snow, he had a fair few cuts and bruises, so mm-hmm. he's gonna just get the shit kicked out of him. Um. You know, Play- rather than the sh- shank shanked out yeah, of him. like an epic snowball fight <laughs> well i mean they are in winterfell no they're not uh, they're north of the wall which is north of winterfell it's cold and it's wintry mm. bronze gonna give tristane a flea bite apparently yeah something like that tis but i felt like yeah this was their tis but a scratch yep and what's my other note here terrible things happen to the man she loves yes oberon oh <laughs> i can't remember that note um, she says it, she's, uh, I can't remember what she says, but yeah, Dornish lady is all like, oh, you know, I had to watch terrible things happen to the man I love. I don't blame your niece for that. I sort of blame you for oh, it. Maybe, okay, yeah. maybe I do, maybe I don't. Yeah. Okay. Dornish lady. Right. Dornish lady. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You've not met Oberon yet. I guess it's next season. So, mm. or maybe beginning of this season. I'm not sure. 
yeah, all that happens. And Dan and Co get invited to a gladiator match. Yes. They yes. get their invitations. And that's gonna be nice. Mm. Hope they're like like got got some gold leaf. Yeah. Nice paper, maybe tied up with some ribbon. No, things were written well in these days, except if you're Jamie Lannister. Well, to be fair, he's writing with his non-dominant hand. Yeah. (laughs) So, fair enough. Unlike Davos, oh my god, I love that moment. I never learnt to read. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's what I like about it. So I remember a long goddamn time ago, I mentioned he corrects Jon Snow when uh, Jon Snow says less, and he's like, ah, fewer. Yeah. It's because of, he learned, uh, Sir Davos learned to read from Shireen, and that's like proof that he knows, like, he's into literature now. Okay, cool. So I get to watch Shireen teach Davos his uh, ABCs. Yes, because learning is magic. <laughs> yep, that'll happen as well. All this and next time on the future backwards episode of Game of Thrones, Thrones of Game? That one. I don't know, whatever. I've got no exit quote other than that's Elliot J. O'Neill. Goodbye. And I've been BT Calloway, and for now, our watch is ended.